Brothers and sisters, friends, I see some enemies. Hey guys, thanks for checking in. Um, this is going to be our first episode where we're actually going to break down a book and try to learn some stuff from it. Uh, this first book is called The Death of Expertise by Tom Nichols. It's a dope book. It covers a lot of different topics, but I think you guys can really get the gist of it just from the intro alone. The Death of Expertise. Uh, I wanted to start off with this book to set the tone for all the other books that we're going to be you know, looking at moving forward. Uh, mostly because there's so much noise, so much arrogance, so much divisiveness that's all around us. Uh, this book looks into some of the contributors towards all our confusion. And, um, you know, it's related to American culture and arrogance, um, the education system, resentment of experts, conspiracy theories, and a lot of other uh, good stuff. And how terrible it is for us as a nation and as a democracy to not be willing to listen to one another. And we're not willing to shut up long enough to actually learn something new. Or, you know, expanding one's perspective. Um, so I think it's a great book. I, like I said, I wanted to start off with it to set the tone. So let's get into it. Um, so to start off, let's get some insight on experts and what they are and how they play a role in our society, despite their resentment and vilification. Uh, society cannot function uh, on a day-to-day -day basis without experts. Uh, your plumber, your electrician, your car mechanic, landscaper, therapist, doctor, they're all experts in their own field. Um, you don't ask your doctor to help you with your car and you don't ask your plumber to give you a physical exam or a checkup. They each have their own field and their own dimension and they're responsible for it. Uh, experts have respons a responsibility to educate people and educate voters and voters and people have a responsibility to learn and to listen. People are out here talking about vote and go vote and yet will be so dismissive of experts and knowledge and different perspectives that can inform their cherished vote. Uh, so if you go vote uninformed like this because you didn't want to listen or hear anyone else's perspective or additional information, then how does that really help anyone? Experts are the experts for a reason because um, they have more knowledge. They have more experience and understanding than most people on certain and specific shit. Uh, again, you don't ask your therapist to help you with your car problems. You listen to the fucking mechanic <laughs> when you have car problems. Does this mean that the mechanic is a better man than the doctor or vice versa? No, of course not. Uh, but he's much more well-informed and capable to handle this situation and provide insight and guidance. Uh, the, me the mechanic, at the end of the day, can tell you everything wrong with the car, but it's really up to you whether you want to listen or not or completely ignore them and go about your day risking catastrophe. And this is, in a way, how our society is currently functioning. Uh, everybody thinks that they know everything, and this is dangerously arrogant and potentially catastrophic. Specialization and expertise are exclusive and people don't like that uh, they don't like to feel as if they don't know as much as the person next to them and then egos get hurt and as a result resentment builds but in reality experts stay engaged in their field they improve their skills constantly they're learning from their mistakes and they have visible track records uh, volunteers do whatever interests them on whatever given day at whatever given time uh, experts must deploy and refine their knowledge every day these are people who consist consistently refine themselves. They consistently learn and grow, transform, and adapt within their own field uh, in a way that most people do not. Most people remain rigid or stagnant, or even worse, they move backwards 
all the while being dismissive of the people who are actually out here putting in the work every day. We respect when we see men and women and athletes in the gym every day, you know, training hard and taking care of their bodies, and we praise them for it. Uh, and yet when it comes to knowledge and an understanding of societal issues and academics, um, we resent and repel these people because we don't want to feel stupid or small. Uh, experts are open to evaluation from other experts. Most people don't subjugate themselves to review or evaluation, and experts do it constantly. This is how they remain disciplined and hopefully maintain themselves with some integrity. Uh, I'm sure this isn't a pleasant process, and yet they put themselves through it regardless to contribute in their field uh, for all of us to reap the benefits of their validity and you know respect. Um, they still have a lot of responsibility and should face some uh, you know form of evaluation. I'm not saying that you know that this is a bad thing. I think this is necessary. Uh, but they shouldn't face resentment and distrust for simply being an expert, uh, for simply having a degree or some kind of you know, social status or academic status, whatever you want to call it. Um, they have a responsibility to treat problems in a detached and objective way and free themselves of bias and prejudice, which is why they subject themselves or they should subject themselves to this evaluation and scrutiny. Uh, we're all human and obviously no one's perfect. Um, so these people make mistakes and they let their own shit get the better of them sometimes. Uh, but we can be vigilant of this and other experts will hold them accountable for their irresponsibility or if they ever lose, you know, uh, their way. Um, and at the end of the day, this can lose their credibility and possibly even their careers. Uh, overall, experts are, they're not good predictors. Science is supposed to explain things, not necessarily predict them, uh, especially in a societal or political way. Uh, and regarding, you know, humans and mankind and society and all that. Uh, although they are experts, they're, they're still human. Um, they shouldn't be relied on to predict or forecast anything. We just rely on them to share their knowledge, all in the pursuit of progress and improvement. Um, if they or their listeners are putting shit out there for an agenda, then we know they can't be taken seriously. Uh, but most, like we said, subject themselves to a lot of scrutiny, a lot of evaluation and confirmation. Hopefully this process dissuades that kind of, you know, irresponsibility. Uh, but again, we all make mistakes. Experts are no different. And uh, do we, are we supposed to hold them accountable for their mistakes? Yes, absolutely. Uh, do we need to vil vilify them though? No, absolutely not. I mean, mistakes are going to happen regardless. And at the end of the day, science is a process. It's, it's not a conclusion. So now that we have a better understanding of experts and, you know, the role and responsibility that they have, let's talk about some of the general context of the book. Um, Nichols, the author, states that America has a narcissistic character and tends to reject experts as if they were rejecting authority. Uh, and this seems accurate. Uh, Americans are incredibly strong and tenacious, but at the same time, incredibly arrogant and entitled. Mm, I myself even fall under these labels. But imagine the arrogance when your doctor's telling you that you need emergency surgery and you're like, nah, like I'm cool. Like I know what I'm doing. Like this takes us down a very uh, dangerous road. Uh, and it also takes us to our next point, And it's, you know, regarding a psychological concept known as the Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, and the Dunning-Kruger effect basically states that the dumber one is, the more confident they are that they're right and that they're not misinformed. Obviously, this is, this is dangerous, uh, especially since it's the least informed people going around with the confidence as if they're speaking, what, as, as if whatever they're speaking is fact. Uh, and they're often closed, closed down enough um, to not want to hear others. 
Uh, I'm sure that you all have met someone or talked with someone like this at some point. Uh, it's it's overall it's normal for people to overestimate themselves, but it becomes you know dangerous when we feel we cannot rely on others for more information. Um, it is not normal to always believe that you're right and that everyone else is wrong. We need to check that shit ferociously. And those that do partake in that kind of behavior, at the end of the day, can't be taken seriously. Logic, reason, and knowledge are all necessary for debate, and debate is necessary for democracy. Right now, it's sorely lacking. Nowadays, conversation about politics or society or religion can be fucking exhausting. It's draining uh, and unproductive because no one comes in with an open mind anymore. Uh, Debate requires compromise. It requires listening. Without these two things, you're really just arguing or talking to each other. Um, it's where to find someone who agrees with every single thing that, that you do. And I'm not saying don't assert yourself and don't stand by your claims. Just don't expect everyone to agree with all of the shit that you're saying. Um, and then don't get upset if they make counterpoints or challenges. I mean, if it's done, as long as that's not done disrespectfully. Um, it's okay to disagree and it's okay to listen. Obviously, there's certain things that you can't agree on, you know, regarding aspects related to racism or classism, sexism. Like, there's some things that you just can't... That's not something I'm talking about in this context. Um, but it's okay, you know, if you're having a sound argument, an educated and intellectual disagreement. It's okay. Um, at the end of the day, if we don't listen and come with respect, we'll never make progress, and then everybody loses. Uh, no one moves forward, and we remain stagnant, which is kind of where we're at right now. The author brings up a terrible flaw in contemporary society, which is the Google search. Um, Google searches are not research. We ask questions to a programmable machine that is incapable of understanding what we are, humans. Uh, Googling is not research, guys. R real research is a process. It requires primary sources, interviews, peer reviews, drafts, publications, and uh, like all that shit. Um, that is closer to like real research. Uh, asking questions to a convenient machine is not the equivalent. Um, you can say, I looked into it. Uh, I did a little digging, but don't say I did fucking research if you didn't do the research. Um, don't blur that line because it contributes to the problem. Uh, I did a Google search, so now I know a little something and feel entitled to preach to others about it. Uh, this is a contributor as to why everyone feels as if they know everything and are unwilling to listen to others. The internet is not equivalent to a library or education. How much bullshit do you see on the internet? Too much. Uh, now most people can't even recognize the real shit between the bullshit because there's just so much shit in general. Um, Google cannot explain to you the intricacies and common misunderstandings or re-explain itself if there's a misunderstanding. Um, it's no substitute for a genuine and thorough understanding of a topic. And even then, you don't, you know, just read one book and say, oh, I did research. Like, what, you know, like, how, how does that make any sense? Um, you have, we have to have some respect for what real research is and the people that actually partake in it and participate in it and make careers of it. The internet provides this cheapened sense of a quality of opinions, he states, and everybody has something to say, but not everybody has something to offer. Uh, respecting a person's opinion does not mean granting equal respect to that person's knowledge or understanding. I can respect what your perspective and point and opinion are, but that doesn't mean I have to respect the bullshit and like misinformed information coming out of your mouth. Uh, 
all of this together is what all of this together and what we've been talking about leaves room for misinformation and misinformation pushes aside real and factual knowledge. Uh, It's a vulnerability with potentially harmful effects uh, on our society overall. Now, we want to focus on data and information that confirms our beliefs and fears, he says. Uh, This is confirmation bias. Uh, We only want to see and hear what we already believe to be true, creating a comfortable bubble around us, ignoring objectivity and knowledge. Uh, As a result, you can get angry, you get closed off, uninformed, and, uh, you know, divisive. And that's kind of what we're seeing within our nation right now. He states that most people will pick and choose our media sources and then believe we're informed. There's a lot of there's a lot of problems uh, with our media, but I'll I'll save that for another session uh, to get into. But let's focus on how we contribute to the the media problem. That is, we seek information. I'm sorry, we seek confirmation more than we seek information. Uh, we seek something. We're going out and looking at news channels, kind of expecting them to say what we already want to hear. Uh, we we go to networks and channels so that they can frame the world in a way that we believe to be true, not really challenging what we know or believe. And, you know, we're kind of unwilling to expand because of this. This is a terrible habit that most people partake in. And, you know, maybe it's human and natural, but it's also not healthy. And I challenge anyone to do more and approach problems differently uh, than simply relying on people who will tell you whatever you want to hear, which is why on the first episode of this podcast, I mentioned like this, if that's the case, this is not for you. Um, The author says that the education system and Higher education have played a role in the death of expertise and open-mindedness. He states that the education system has become a bit of a client and consumer culture, kind of like fast food. Um, You have all these choices of where you can go, I mean, if you can afford it, uh, and then they cater to you. They provide gyms and pools and rec centers and mini parks and all this shit. Uh, Because these colleges try to sell themselves to us, now we judge them. Uh, We use rate my professor and judge professionals and educated individuals as if we're judging a restaurant on Yelp. Like, do you see how this changes the dynamic of a university and what higher education is supposed to be? Instead of listening and studying and trusting, we concern ourselves with how boring they talk or you know, any facial or bodily distinctions about these professors. School is for learning and growing, not for being preoccupied with consumerism. The coddling of the education system has given a lot of unearned praise and provides hollow success, building a fragile arrogance in students. Students are students. Students now feel entitled to judge these professors before them as if, they are any, as if they're in a position to do so, uh, establishing more arrogance. Uh, in addition, many times they can feel entitled to make demands against staff or administration because they are paying this ridiculous amounts of money and feel, well, I'm paying for it. I should get what I want, and this environment should fit my demands and expectations. Uh, and this perpetuates the consumerism you know, related to the education system. And as a result, universities are no longer a safe place for educational exploration, and most college students cannot be relied to lead a reasoned debate uh, as they used to. Uh, again, there are many problems with the education system, so I don't want to get too into them. I'm just focusing on the issues related to the context of this book and the death of expertise. And just to add, education is not the cure for ignorance. It, it can still produce illusionary confidence and not much general understanding and thorough understanding. 
uh, knowing things is not the same as understanding them, and facts are not the same as knowledge and ability. As a result of all of this stuff, guys, as I said earlier, it can create a pathway for misinformation or straight-up anti-intellectualism. The author talks about conspiracy theories, and if you don't know, there are a few very potent, powerful, dangerous, uh, and mobilizing ones going around out there, and, you know, right now. I'm not going to break those down or get too into it. I don't want to give those a platform on here. But uh, conspiracy theories are very attractive to people who have a hard time understanding the world and its complexities. And, uh, you know, instead, they kind of offer up dramatic explanations. Uh, These theories place the blame on other people and others. So we don't or they don't have to really face themselves uh, and kind of face their own complacency and complicity uh, regarding certain issues. It can allow one to understand the world with minimal effort and minimal responsibility. This is anti-intellectualism. This is the exact opposite of expertise and the process you know, that that entails, as mentioned earlier. These theories are the equivalent of counter-knowledge, falsehoods, lies, distortions. Uh, obviously, lies and distortions can create some real fucking rifts in society, or even just amongst individuals that are talking. Uh, if you apply these falsehoods in a religious or political aspect... Now their potential for harm is amplified, and the possibility of harm and disaster are real. Uh, We have to judge information carefully nowadays with so much noise and voices all speaking at once, especially on the internet and news networks. We have to rely on reputable and valid sources. It's hard to find them um, with with all the other shit in the air, but use them and your own critical thinking to guide you. Uh, A good start is with the experts. Uh, America... Right now, and for a long time, America has been ideologically segregating itself, and currently it's leaving us very vulnerable, Uh, not just to outside forces, but from within. No nation can stand strong when we're all individuals, and uh, we're all know-it-alls. We have to trust others, trust their knowledge and experience and status if they possess it. It's okay to listen to someone who might know a little more on an issue than you do. And it's okay to not speak on a topic if you know you do not possess the thorough understanding and knowledge necessary to articulate it. This doesn't mean you're a stupid fuck or, you know, the, the, like that doesn't mean you're an idiot. The, the idiots are the ones out here pretending like they know what they're doing. It just means you have a little bit of learning and growing to do. And how is that a, how is that a bad thing? That opportunity should excite us, not make us feel small that we want to learn and take on something new. Overall, democracy cannot function if everyone thinks they're an expert. And right now, Americans are embracing ignorance. This anti-intellectual behavior and culture is short-circuiting our democracy. And there's no excuse for civic disengagement and ignorance at this point in you know, society. Uh, if you care about this country and want to see it reclaim some of its former strength, and if not, at least progress, then it's all of our responsibilities to be informed and be responsible, and shut up every once in a while, and just listen. Then we can proceed to have a discussion with compromise and give and take. Uh, This is necessary. Without it, well, you you see what the results are when you look outside and on your phone and on your TV. He does close off saying people are not equally talented or intelligent, and that's okay. Studying the same field or topics may offer some... You know, discussion and familiarity, but that does not make people automatic peers. Um, I like to play basketball, 
and I, I know a lot about it. But does that mean I'm in a position to be giving LeBron James advice on his jumper or, or even worse, rejecting his advice on my jumper? No, that's, that's ridiculous. It doesn't mean that anyone is better than another. But I know this and you know that. So let's share and trust our knowledge to create something better than what we're currently facing and what we're currently looking at. It's about progressing and building off of one each other's knowledge. Um, but anyway, you guys, that's, that's kind of the gist of the book. Again, it's called The Death of Expertise by Tom Nichols. It's a great, it's a great book. Um, I kind of covered some of the points that you know, stood out to me the most, but um, I think you guys would really enjoy it, especially if you want something a little bit more challenging, if you want to get some more insight on why our society is the way it is right now. Um, but I hope you guys check it out. Anyways, to close off um, these sessions and these episodes, uh, I want to give you guys a, you know, a little gift, a little cherry on top, which is a song recommendation. Um, for this recommendation, I'm actually going to pick one of my all-time favorite songs. It's a dense, heavy song, but it's a, it's a real good one. I hope you guys check it out. It's called Sign of the Times by Immortal Technique. Uh, check it out. There's a lot of history in there. There's a lot of knowledge, a lot of shit. It took me a long time to break the song down by itself, but it teaches you a lot. It's a dope song. So check out the song, check out the book, and uh, see y'all next time, man.